Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. We are exceptionally blessed to have with us today Monica Bishop. We loved this interview with her. She did such a great job. And she's a perfect guest for us because she is a certified yoga teacher. She also is well-versed in the Enneagram and is an Enneagram 8. She also is an expert in marketing. She's a coach. She's a consultant, a tech guru. And she's really vulnerable with us about her journey with chronic pain. Speaking of her journey with chronic pain, she had a big feature in the HealthScope magazine for the summer of 2023. So it's the current HealthScope magazine issue, and we encourage you to pick it up and read her story. In addition to talking with her about chronic pain, we're going to talk about emotional regulation on this episode for types 8 and types 9. So let's dive in. Right. Good afternoon, morning, evening, everyone. Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga. Um, This is Kat. Hopefully you know um, my voice already. And we have a really special guest today with us. We have um, a dear friend and colleague, Monica, uh, here joining us. And Monica, we have been trying to land um, this interview time since May. And for those who are listening, maybe later on, we're almost in July. And you have been so gracious and patient and just sweet about it. So I just want to thank you. But what I want to um, to ask you before we get into the questions, the reason that we kind of started the conversation in May because you had something happen in May with a publication here locally. Can you tell our listeners what, what happened in May? Uh, yes, I can. And thank you for letting me be here. I'm patient. I'm just glad that you're like, yes, you can come talk on my podcast. Like, you know, I'm getting to talk to celebrities here, right? Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll but take that it. funny. But <laughs> <thank you. laughs> yeah, so um, I was published. I was in HealthScope magazine, and it's a quarterly edition, so it's still out, so we're not too late. We're not too late at all, and HealthScope is a local Chattanooga magazine that features all types of things health, and they have a story called Her Story, and they asked me to be featured in it, and I said, me? What the heck? And so that's why we're here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you like being featured? Did you like the whole interview process and you know, editorials, did they have to take like professional pictures to include and all that stuff? Yes. So I had to write um, a write up about it, which was terrifying, but really, really fun. You know, I love to write, but when you, I don't like those, my name is Monica and I am like, I can't write like that. So it was really fun to be able to be creative. And yes, we had a photo shoot um, down in Coolidge Park with my bike and all the things. And I was terrified. And um, for those of you who don't know me, I don't really wear makeup, but I was like, well, crap, and I don't have any makeup. So I went to the store and I bought some makeup and I brought a friend along with me and it it turned out wonderfully. You know, it was just really an honor. I I know you're a lot like me. We're both strong women, but but you start saying, oh, you're doing so great. And we go, ah, Uh so it's, it's also a challenge. Yeah, I get it. Well, that's awesome. I've said I'll I'll talk more about it um, later on. But 
Since this is the podcast about Enneagram and yoga, I want to talk to you about the yoga piece. So I know you're a yogi. I know you're a practitioner and teacher. Can you tell our listeners about, you know, we call it the yoga journey, but in (laughs) essence, how did you fall into that yoga space? Um, Just like everybody else, right? What the heck is this? So I've been a cyclist since 04 and I'm an eight, so I have to be very physically active and I have to do all the things. And I also knew something was missing. Mm. You ever just have that feeling? Yeah. And so all of my friends were like, you should come to yoga. And again, this this eight's like, well, I need to know all the things before I can go to such kind of yoga classes. And the first class I went to was like one of those hot P90X, oh my God, I'm sweating out of my ears, you know, and like the sweat pools in your ears and I thought I was going to collapse. And then you were one of my first teachers too. Mm -hmm. And so I really showed up for the physical outlet in the community, but I stayed for the spiritual. And through my journey, which we'll talk about, that's really been the anchor because the spiritual element and the being able to go inside and witness my thoughts has really been transformational for me. So I'm curious, what does your practice look like today? You know, where are you at from starting at P90X, (laughs) sweating out of your ear holes? Where are you at with your yoga today? Right now, it's a really simple, quiet practice. So I think even when I was going through teacher training, we knew Monica was going to be a hot power yoga teacher, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very much more into yin slower yoga my practice some days aren't even physical movement it's meditation and it's and it's beads and it's and it's being present with myself so interestingly enough enneagram talk in a healthy space and i know you've been dealing with some physical issues and we'll talk about that if you want to later uh but in healthy sort of spiritual health place, mental health place, eight moves towards a two on the Enneagram chart, and two is this lady right yeah, here. Yeah, two. So, nice. Christy, she, she's our, you know, like the model two right there. <laughs> but it is your helper, and it is a person who is gentle and giving and caring, and it sounds like that's where your practice is at. You know, you nailed it. <laughs> isn't that interesting? That's awesome. How that evolves, not only in yoga world, but the growth of you as a as a person. Absolutely, know? yeah. And then even learning more about the enneagram, just preparing for this, yeah. digging in a little deeper, was talking about as our eights grow. Part of that unlocking is vulnerability. Yeah. And I know you can see it just through my social media journey yeah. and through my through my yoga journey that. I went from this is Monica strong to mm-hmm. this is Monica's soft, not yeah. less strong, yeah. but but soft Softer. and more vulnerable. Yeah, mm. kudos to you. Okay, work in progress, yeah. right? And I love that because it sounds like you're doing more yin and meditation, and that really leads all of us, like because all of us have those walls up and and want to be strong and want to be tough, and it takes us all to that soft place, to that place where. We go inside of ourselves and we find our feelings and we do get more vulnerable with ourselves and with others. And so that's the medicine that the eight needs that really all of us mm-hmm. need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about identifying as a type eight. I know you are a type eight on the Enneagram. Uh, when did you figure out that that was your type? 
and how did you get introduced to the Enneagram? Sure, and I think this really ties the whole story together, too, because, you know, prior to 2020, which a lot of us think of as COVID, but for me, that was really the onset of my shoulder and my neck pain. Mm -hmm. February, signed up for, you know, 200-level yoga teacher training, go into yoga teacher training, and that's more of an internal journey that they tell you it's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was a lot of my learning, and as I went through that, I started developing shoulder and neck pain and along that path it was in those periods that I was just doing so much introspection that I learned about the Enneagram I was looking at Mm. astrology I was looking at human design I was looking at disc profiles I was looking at all these things because I could feel that shift within me of I'm good I'm strong I'm gonna be a yoga teacher I'm gonna be a hot yoga teacher too (laughs) Not only digging in deep because we were dealing with COVID and my stepdaughter has a lot of health issues that we were concerned Mm -hmm. about. And also I'm having shoulder pain and we're digging in deeper because of yoga. So it was six or eight months of, I don't know, feel like you're kind of wallowing in the mud, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So that learning that I was an eight allowed me to understand that it was okay Mm -hmm. to be me. Um, because the eight in me, when I found out I had shoulder, when I was having shoulder and neck pain, again, it wasn't an injury. It wasn't like I did this thing and then this thing happened. I I did what all eights do. I controlled the situation. Mm -hmm. I got doctors. I got medication. Mm -hmm. I got physical therapy. I did this. I talked to that person. I pushed on every button that could be pushed on to fix this thing, and nobody could figure out what's happening. Mm. And it took us four or five months to find a pitched nerve, which... Hindsight may not have been the originating cause because I'm still having neck pain. I had an MRI yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm better, but I'm still working mm-hmm. through it. So mm-hmm. it just like everything in our lives, you know, it, it ties together. It's, it's all one piece because I couldn't do the biking anymore. So then I leaned on the yoga, but then I had to go deeper because I couldn't do my hot yoga practice anymore. I couldn't do a down right. dog. Yeah. And so I was forced to find these slower pieces. So it's a big, it's a big circle. And the, it sounds like the body was asking you to listen and you did, you, you know, you responded to it with something that had more ease, you know, that, that principle of ease and effort, yeah. sukha and stirra, and, and your body was saying, I need some ease right now, and you're, you're continuing to listen, which is good. I know a lot of eights struggle with trust. Is that something that you have seen in your own life that you can kind of keep that wall up and struggle to trust other people? Trust has never really been my issue as much, mm-hmm. um, but I guess it is in the sense of being vulnerable with other people to really allow that to shine through. So I guess in that way it is. You know, I trust people to have the answers and do the things that they're supposed to do. I'm mm-hmm. a very trusting person until you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hurt me. Um, but I would say that that process hurt my trust a lot because I went to you know, this is the expert, go talk to this person. And even talking to my physical therapist yesterday, I said, you know, it feels very challenging because when we have medical issues that are beyond, you know, and we start getting into these um, specialists, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There's not one person that oversees the specialist. The shoulder doctor wants to talk about my shoulder. My neck doctor wants to talk about my neck. But who's going to talk about my whole body working yeah, together? Yeah. Not even holistically and also functionally. And we don't really have that right. in, in our healthcare. So it, no. it's a challenge. And so now that I'm in a way going through this again in that I have neck pain again after a, a procedure I had in January... I am lacking in trust because I'm like, who's going to take care of Monica now? Yeah, yeah, the whole system. And because there is that whole kinetic line of energy that runs through the body and they're all connected. You know, one pain in the body is connected to the other. And then there's also somatic pain. There's, there's the emotional pain and there's the physical pain. And it can be hard to figure out, you know, whether it's one or the other. Usually it's a little bit of both yeah, with all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's really where the Her Story Health Scope magazine came in, is that I had all of this pain, and anyone who's been in a lot of chronic pain, it messes with your mind. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it. Yeah. you can't just be like, oh, yeah, this hurts. And so what I really learned through that process to di- and through today and have helped other people with, not intentionally sometimes, is that principle in yoga that we get to choose our thoughts, that we get to be the witness to what's going on in our life and our body. Mm -hmm. It took me a little bit of time, but every moment I practiced viewing my pain just as another sensation. It's Mm -hmm. not good. It's not bad. It just is. When I can think about my pain in that, well, it's a sensation, just like snapping my fingers then it doesn't, I don't allow it to cause me the suffering that it causes me if I'm like, this is pain and this is bad and I am bad and I am in pain and you're just making your pain worse. Mm-hmm. And for people in chronic pain, you can't choose that every moment. It's just too damn hard. Yeah. At the same time, how can I? You know, as an eight, I'm very um, proactive, I'm very solution oriented. And so I found some really great resources. Um, Shenzhen Young has a really great meditation series on dealing with pain. And so just working with all those modalities allowed me to help myself inspire others and move forward. Because, I mean, I'm still in a two or three pain all the time. But I'm working to not choose that. And that's really where the her story ties Mm -hmm. back together. Because it's not about the pain. It's not about, I mean, my, my injury compared to most people, nominal. But again, it's what we do with it that's really powerful. Yeah. You know, I admire you. Just listening to your story, a couple of things come to mind. So, and I'm going to say it well under being clear that I am in no physical pain right now, emotional pain. You know, yoga talk, pain is a teacher. You know, how often do we see yogis and very seasoned yogis who uh, injure themselves through yoga specifically and then have, are not able to do things that they love to do or even see athletes who come into yoga who are not able to do things they love to do because of an injury or pain or whatever and how they have to work through it. So it's a huge part of surrendering and for an eight, that's like mm-hmm. mission <laughs> close to impossible because not only you know hardship of pain which is for any human i don't care what your type is but for nate specifically it is it humbles you to the ground and it keeps you down there uh while you're working through it um another thing you know i know you said two three 
pain, but I could not imagine feeling it, feeling it all the time. You know, um, my mother-in-law, she passed a while back, she had MS, and she lived with chronic pain. And any time nowadays, I think I'm entering in my ripe age of 45, like stepping into the menopause, and I think I'm getting migraines with it. And when I don't feel well for a couple of days, I was like, I cannot imagine people feeling this way all the time. Mm -hmm. Two, three days, and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how I can live my life. What if it is your life? So kudos to you for shifting the, your perspective because it's easy to do it if you're not feeling it. It's like, yeah, that's really nice. You know, just just think of it as a sensation like snapping your fingers. Try to be in pain and think of it as snapping your fingers. That's a whole another thing. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you. Okay, so talk to me about the article a little more. So what was the title of the article? And who was the targeted audience? And what was your message? What did you want to convey to the, was it specific um, um, edition of the health scope? Did it, ha did it deal with pain specifically or that was just your feature? That's a lot of questions. I know. Wow, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Start at the top. Yes, Drill Paper Sergeant. Jammer. Yes, Drill Sergeant. So her story is just a feature that HealthScope does okay. every quarter. So there's a lot of really amazing women. Um, obviously, preparing for mm -hmm. this one, I wanted to read everybody else's articles. So I went through and read a lot of other women that are so stinking inspiring. And a couple of my friends conspired against me and I think nominated me. I mean, conspired for me. <laughs> it could be either one. <laughs> it could be either one. And um, so this article, I think they called it Overcoming Pain with Joy or something okay. like that. And so it really starts with me being in yoga teacher training and this eight out of 10 was the pain that I was in, um, just came out of nowhere. I remember sitting outside of the yoga studio with one of our teachers and just holding my arm above my head, not having any idea why I was doing it or what was going on with it and just crying. And doctors like, nope, you're fine, MRI fine, x-rays fine, you're fine, you're, f you know, and so all this stuff. And so the goal with the article, just like the goal of anything, is just share our story and yeah. maybe it helps one person. Yeah. And like you said earlier, I, I can't imagine being in that eight out of 10 all the time. What's really pivotal for me, and this is probably goes back to my eight, prior to this, I have friends that are in chronic pain. I mean, I gotta be honest. I'd be like, you know what, why don't you go outside, go take your walk, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. I, I didn't, I mean, I'm a very empathetic it's, person, but I didn't understand. It sounds, mm -hmm. and that's where the teacher piece comes in. Like the pain was your teacher because and I love AIDS, and I have many friends who are AIDS, but that's an eight. Hey, listen, if you want to cry about something, I can give you something to cry about. This is exactly, go shake it off. Go take a deep breath and come back and get yourself together. Yeah, so mm -hmm. if, if we don't learn it on yeah. our own. Uh, yeah. So at that point, you know, I'd had my marketing business for a couple of years and ran it very agency style. Let me go fix your stuff for you. Let me go get you more clients kind of business yeah. and through this process learning my Enneagram going inside learning about chronic pain yoga teacher I was like I can't run my business like that anymore and it's not that there's anything wrong with that yeah. 
but I felt like before, let's say I helped your business get more clients. Mm -hmm. I would be doing marketing campaigns to get your clients more business, but at the end of the day, you really don't know what I did, and you are the same person that you mm -hmm. were before. Mm -hmm. And the way I run my business now, I'm still getting you more clients. That's what I do. I'm in marketing. Mm -hmm. But I also help you as a business owner with your own mindset through yoga practice, through other tools and techniques. I teach you the foundations of marketing and business and doing it in a way that I do what's called attraction-based marketing, which means I don't poke people in the pain points going, are you struggling with this, that, and the other? I talk to where you want to be in your life. Mm -hmm. And so it, it transformed my business. It transformed mm -hmm. my yoga practice because none of us ever thought I was going to be a yin teacher mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, it even, it, it changed how I could exercise because I couldn't ride my bike for two years. And now that I'm back on my bike, my, my bike practice, if that's a thing, mm -hmm. is very different. So, and it all ties that yoga back together. You always teach us in class. It's a practice. Mm -hmm. It's a practice. Mm -hmm. And so, as you said, as an eight, it was going to teach me my lesson. And that pain really did change my life and being able to share that through this article it's one small piece but it's really what can I do how, how else can I shine my light out there how interesting is it that out of all things pain cascaded into so many positive changes in your professional outlook and your personal outlook and as I look as an athlete yes you know something so <laughs> negative rooted down and produced those fruits that are so positive yeah what's that quote you don't grow when things are easy right mm -hmm. i right. mean things are easy things no, are good. no lotus all mm -hmm. the things yeah all the things right mm -hmm. next time could life just send me a little note and say hey if you don't learn this lesson i'm going to yeah. teach it to you the hard yeah. way yeah i don't think it works like that very curious <laughs> and i love your business approach you know i so i struggle with that and i admire you saying you know Give a woman a fish so she'll eat for a day. Teach the woman to fish she'll eat for the rest of her life. And it's very tough for me being a one, you know, delegating and letting somebody else do it and do it well. And, oh, if they do I just <laughs> let me just do it. Let me just do it. It's it's a cop out. It's, it's, it's easier for me. I don't do anybody any other favors. So to hear you be able to shift your business that way, holy shit, that's awesome. Big that's shift. incredible and that's a huge let go of control huge <laughs> i mean i still control the things but still <laughs> i mean you know lessen lessen the the grip sure and then bringing back you know enneagram and then all of the other things that i learned all the other modalities of personality that before this i would know you and i would know you Mm -hmm. But I didn't know you empathetic. I didn't know you deeply. So now, knowing that you're a one, mm -hmm. I can I can help you build your business based on you. Isn't and it that's interesting? So cool. That's how Christy yeah. does therapy. Christy, yeah. talk to us about how you do therapy with the nice. Enneagram. Oh well, I mean, I just I you know any client who wants to talk about the Enneagram, we talk about you know well this is your personality, and we also talk about their family and what they might be. I mean, it's a little bit of curiosity and wondering. And so when we're looking back at what happened in their past and childhood wounds and all the things, just, just their story, 
you know, it, it allows them to go, oh, okay, well, that's, that's why my mom was like that. And I have to also, even if, like, if somebody had a mom who was a type one who caused them a lot of trauma, they're, they're going to maybe give them more grace if they knew that was just an inherent part of their personality. But then they also start to witness oh, well, I learned a lot and absorbed a lot of her personality. So even if I'm a type three and my mom was a type one, I'm realizing I still have to be careful about high expectations of other people because I just learned that growing up in that system. So we look at like the whole family system and the Enneagram and it really helps them to understand themselves, to understand others. And the Enneagram, like Kat and I say, it's always about compassion. So it just builds compassion for themselves and others when you know your Enneagram type. I did want to like circle back to you about pain because I think we probably have a lot of people listening who deal with chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear about like what helped you? Like what were the times when your pain got better? Do you have any tools for our listeners who are like knee deep in chronic pain right now what you've noticed that helped you with your own pain yes and and I think a lot of these tools can span across any Enneagram type and I know in a minute we're going to get into some things you know you can do individually we talk about it in yoga all the time but it's the breath mm-hmm. it's really it's for me it starts with the breath and so I always have different breath practices that I like but I like just simple long and slow breaths Mm -hmm. you know just Mm -hmm. to kind of work through that and and in a way it's allowing yourself to separate from that pain if that's a possibility like I'm counting my breaths to take my attention away from the pain the technique that I learned from Shenzhen Yang um, is it's called see hear feel and it's very much like a noting practice like we do in, in yoga but I'm noting what I see, hear, and feel. And when I get to the physical body sensations, instead of being like, I have pain in my shoulder, I notice tingling. I notice sensation. I notice burning. I notice sharp sharp needles, hot poker. Mm-hmm. And just naming the pain in mm-hmm. different words allows me to create almost neutrality Mm -hmm. like that table is brown this Mm -hmm. dress is orange this paper is white my eyes are blue as opposed to attaching this oh my goodness Mm -hmm. you know emotional um, reaction to the pain and you can see I'm touching my shoulder because Mm -hmm. I can remember so vividly just that just that pain and so obviously all the things that the physical therapist tells you to do in the ice and the heat and and all the things but the the mental component of just taking it moment by moment Mm -hmm. and hour by hour and day by day and allowing yourself when you can to have grace Mm -hmm. it's not my Mm -hmm. fault that I have pain it's not my fault that this is happening and creating some moments of self-compassion, creating some moments Mm -hmm. of breath. And if you keep practicing it, just like yoga, it becomes more of a habit. Mm -hmm. It certainly wasn't easy at the, at the front. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of depression there. There was a lot of things that 
you know, and I'm in yoga teacher training and I can't even practice. Mm -hmm. Like that's almost humiliating, mm -hmm. right? Of course, mm -hmm. of course. So mm -hmm. for me, a lot of it comes back to the breath and it comes back to giving myself grace and compassion. And honestly, as an eight, just like we talked about earlier, allowing myself to be vulnerable to open up about the pain and the emotions and the feelings and I'm crying during yoga class and I'm you know like yeah. allowing that where pre Monica eight I am strong I am mighty you can't get under my skin I'm tough mm -hmm. and that allowing of that vulnerability allowed me to dig into Enneagram. It allowed me to dig into myself. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to explore those practices a lot. Mm -hmm. I love that. When I've had pain, the breath has helped me quite a bit, but also the mindfulness practice that you just yes. named. And I haven't heard it that way, but I really like that. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? So just like it's, it's paying attention. It's witnessing your body. Um, and you can also, I think when you're in your body witness your heart space as well like what am I emotionally feeling and then also what are those sensations in the body and like you said really naming them all the different feelings the pins and needles or whatever it is the sharp sharp pain um so I love that but I do think that for me and for many others breath and a mindfulness practice of just bearing sacred witness to yourself really helps a lot so thank you yeah. for that and then I think we're also going to talk a little bit about emotional regulation and I do think people who have a lot of pain in the body sometimes they can also have trouble with emotional regulation because when our body's not feeling good we're more likely for that to be a trigger and we can you know we can mm -hmm. react really strongly so I think these are both really really important to talk about so as a type eight, tell me a little bit about what you've learned about emotional regulation. I know type eights want to control the situation, um, but learning how to relax, to breathe deeply, to work towards the solution can be really important for the type eight. So can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that? Yes, and, I, and like you said, it, it's the same thing. Emotional regularity and dealing with the pain, it, that's what that is, right? It's allowing yourself to to calm down. And so as an eight, I do want to control the situation, like I said earlier. And so I would say it shifted more to trusting myself mm -hmm. and trusting my body and letting go of the, the external assertiveness and turning that assertiveness that I have as an eight inside. Mm -hmm. How can I be assertive with myself Monica, you've got to do your yoga practice today. Mm -hmm. Practice your breath, have compassion, do your journaling practice. It's really easy for us to say, okay, Christy, fix me, mm -hmm. right? And so that's, that's my eight wanting to control. Well, how can I take that control and turn it in on me mm -hmm. and take self-sovereignty take radical responsibility for my own healing and for my own feelings and my own regulation mm -hmm. i like that because an eight often like you're saying wants to be assertive and control other people but when they learn to have that personal manager that's managing themselves i think that that can be really helpful 
And really hard. And really hard. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and really hard at a moment-by-moment moment practice, right? Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's a beautiful way to stay present in the moment. You know, you've mentioned taking it sometime hour by hour or day by day. That's very hard, you know, mm-hmm. to stay in the present moment when you're not feeling well instead of just trying to, you know, back out of it and, you know, tune it out or, you know, cram some other shit in front of you <laughs> so you don't pay attention. That's that's the work. But that's the only thing that works, truly, don't you think? I think so. I think that's what you have to do. And, and I loved, I was listening earlier to the episode you had with Coach Emily and talking mm-hmm. about embodiment and y'all are talking yeah. about how an eight needs to go run a marathon and eight needs to be really active yeah. and eight needs to do all those things and guess yeah. what all of a sudden I had a hard stop yeah cannot I couldn't I couldn't go put my chickens out in the pen mm-hmm. I couldn't open barn doors I couldn't do anything and so oof. not only did you have to acknowledge it you had to tolerate and I'm putting the air quotes the weakness You have to tolerate your own weakness, and that's hard. Yes, so I had to find other outlets for all of that eight energy, Yeah. which I really can't, but you try. You know, you try through your spiritual practice, and you try through other things, but I remember there's days where you just feel like there's a ball of energy inside of you, and it's going to stink and explode, but you not only can't you exercise, you really can't exercise like you physically can't but yeah. like you mentally and emotionally yeah. can't either so I think that self-awareness yeah that growing as an eight into that emotional regulation and into that I think you're right that picks up that yeah Whew. when you first experienced your pain did you have an inclination to kind of keep it a secret and not let anybody know of course because you see the eights in stress, they go towards a five, which, uh, you know, is the most introverted number and could be secretive and just kind of huddled in. So that must have been hard yes. to kind of let everybody know eventually, like, this is my shit and I, it's <laughs> happening and I don't know what, how to fix it. Yeah. And I do have a lot of five tendencies there and being introverted yeah. too. Yeah. I don't remember hiding or not hiding the physical element. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I did. I know I hid the emotional element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know for certain. And I know that, again, that pain as a teacher, you yeah. know, allowed me to learn how to regulate that. But even to this day, I mean, I had a really successful workshop last week, but it was a ton of energy. And so, you know, I just want to sit on the couch yeah. and eat Cheerios all weekend mm-hmm. yeah. because I don't want to share that emotional weakness. Yeah. So when you see my social media and a lot of people, I get messages all the time, Monica, how do you run a business like this? How are you so vulnerable? It's because I'm connected to myself and I have to put it out there. Yeah. To allow it to be the witness to myself. Mm-hmm. And the last question for an eight specifically. So I know eights are, you know, the ones who take care of others because they have this capacity to handle stuff, to get stuff done, to help the underdog. Did you have to learn to let others take care of you? That doesn't sound like me at all. Okay. How, do you, <laughs> just, you know, just, How do you know me just, so well? Just musing, just musing. <laughs> Was that a lesson? An everyday lesson, yeah, a life-changing lesson. 
I am the caretaker, and so to mm-hmm. allow my husband to take care yeah. of me. To, and I won't say, oh, I'll just flat out say, I did a really terrible job of that throughout that entire situation. Mm-hmm. I did a really terrible job, and I learned. And so now I was on a team call with my team this week, and I just said, hey, guys, I am full to capacity. I need you to find places to help me. I need your help. Mm-hmm. And for me to say that out yeah. loud, yeah. It was one of those moments where you don't even realize how much you changed until the words come out of your mouth and you went, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yes, huge shift and ongoing shift. And I did a real shit job of it during that whole process. That's work. (laughs) And I think that's part of trust for eight is just learning to receive help, learning, you know, to allow other people to take care of them. But I also think, like, for eight, I think... I, I know I need this because as a two, I go to the eight and stress. Like, that's my arrow of stress. But, like, we need heart openers. Like, eights need it. Twos who go to the eight to kind of open our heart up. Like, to be more compassionate, but also to allow to receive. Um, uh, to kind of let down that wall of toughness as well. I think heart openers are really, really good for our type eights. And I'll also, like, honor what you said earlier about, like, you know, yeah, sometimes the eights do the tough stuff, the running, the, you know, mountain biking, the really tough sports. And then they have this time where, like, their body just says, no, like, they need to learn this art of rest and slowing down. Because eights professionally are the types who, like, go from six in the morning to, like, eight at night. You know, they're they're in that go-go zone. But when they can learn with sports, but also professionally, how to slow down and rest, that's really good for the eights. That's true for all of us. I mean, we live in the United States of America. It's all about, you know, that white picket fence and that large home and, like, you know, going for the gold. But, like, we all need to slow down. So I say, like, the eights need that, but I think that, we all need that yeah. Yeah. that message of okay, yeah, you can rest. Yeah. And it sounds like you kinda had a wake up call. Yeah. I definitely had a wake up call. And I continue to remind myself constantly yeah. to, to, to wake up and, and rest. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's I mean, I'm seeing a shift. I feel like more people are understanding the power of rest. But when I rest, I get more done. Right. I'm more productive. Mm-hmm. My business is more successful. Right. That's really counterintuitive as an eight. No, and I'm going to, before we move off the eight, I want to, I want to ask you about, just because I know personally, um, I know you have chickens and I hope you have a garden. And I suspect taking care of the plants and having your hands in the dirt and taking care of the chickens and like all of that, is that therapeutic for you? Absolutely therapeutic. Mm -hmm made it really hard because during all of that time I couldn't garden. Mm. So in 2020, I was hurting and I said, husband, you need to put two more garden beds in for me. And he did. Mm-hmm. And then I was in too much pain to really plant and to really do a lot with them that year. So we, we had a good farming year, but it was very challenging for me to bend over and put my hands in the mm-hmm. dirt. So that was just probably one more layer of just, yeah. man, this sucks. Yeah. But it is helpful. You know, sometimes I would just go sit on my garden bed and put my hands down in the dirt, you know. Mm-hmm. So, for me, everything outside is very therapeutic. And yeah. 
my garden and my chickens and all mm -hmm. the, you know, my acres and things like that is That's awesome. a big deal for me. That's awesome. That's mm. awesome. I love that. Letting that nature just soothe and heal yeah. you and soften you as yeah. an aid. That's a beautiful thing. Well, let's talk a little bit about emotional regulation. I always think about that Viktor Frankl quote between stimulus and response. There is a space. In that space lies our freedom to choose our response, and in our response lies our freedom and our growth. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about, like whether it's physical pain and you have that space to just breathe and to bear witness to your body, or whether it's this emotional regulation where we find that space of breath. So we're going to be talking about that. So let's start with the eight. Let's start with the challenger. And just tell us a little bit about your thoughts about how the eight gets more emotionally regulated. That's really one of my favorite quotes. When you said that, oh. I went, oh my gosh, that's exactly what we're talking about today. Good. And, and it feels like we, we've really said it, but it's a lot of that self-awareness. It's mm -hmm. that slowing down as an eight, which requires intention. Mm-hmm. Mm. It requires us to say, I am going to do this and turning that bright light from the outside to the inside and saying, I am strong enough to affect my outside world, but I'm also strong enough to affect my inside world. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the eight that you have about how they can emotionally regulate? You know, it's taking something that's hard and making it soft and I'm just it's all about shifting the perspective how you can look at this softness not being weakness how you are looking at you know keeping the control as something that's going to stay rigid and can never change for the better so it's and it's for every type, I suppose, mm -hmm. but the just changing the, the perspective of looking at the same thing that you looked at always and forever and seeing something different. Yes. Yeah. And then believing it. Yeah. You know, and then going and then executing it in mm -hmm. a different way. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. Yeah, that is really hard. Are there any practices that help you to feel just more? able to emotionally regulate as an aid like I was talking earlier about goddess pose are there any practices that you can think of that help you with how you respond to other people yes we you know we talked earlier about breath which mm -hmm. we can use in any moment and yes. mm -hmm. for me I'm learning practicing mm -hmm. as Kat mm -hmm. would always tell us to slow down when someone says something instead of being my aid and just responding right. Can I take one breath? Yeah. Can yeah. I take that one breath to do it? Um, when I'm not in pain and I'm able to to move more, mm -hmm. I love practice workouts and busy things that allow my mind to be in that flow. Mm -hmm. You know, a hard yoga practice. You know, a, a bike ride on Saturday. I rode so hard I didn't think about anything. For two and a half hours. Wasn't it glorious? <laughs> <laughs> we, call it, we call it type two fun. Mm -hmm. 
It's not fun it is, when you're on the bike. It is so funny. So my oldest just went to Cam Boyfriend uh, for a week. <laughs> Cam, and boyfriend. Cam Boyfriend. Um, he's in North Carolina for the summer. So they did, and oh my God, you would know the hike. So it's in Boone, North Carolina in Grandfather Mountain. It's some kind of hike where you have to climb up and down for, do you know what I'm talking I've, about? I've accidentally done things like that before. Okay, so, there, and, you know, and the boyfriend said, you know, let's let just go and here they are. And then my daughter Stan was like, I am getting a feeling that this is just taking the turn for the for the wrong wrong side of the and she said hey listen maybe we should like turn around or don't have to do the same thing and she said do you know what he tells me this is type two fun you're not having fun while you're doing it but once you're done it's it's going to feel so good and she's like i don't know if i'll survive to that point to feel all that type fun and then so funny because I've never heard that before in my life. Like, what is it? I was like, I don't think type two fun is my kind of fun, but whatever. And then she is a wrestler, so she went to a wrestling practice. And basically, wrestling practice, you get your ass kicked, like in the most literal sense. I love that she's a female wrestler. Oh, God, That's help amazing. me, please. Jesus, <laughs> up above, just like help me make it through it. So she comes back uh, last night. I said, How was the practice? She's like, it was kind of like type two fun. I feel really good about it now. I was like, well, there we go. So where did this type two fun come from? I have no idea. I've never experienced in my life. I am a type one individual, I think. <laughs> Just like, it's fun while we're doing it. That is all it is. But always in practice, even the really hard practices, you're always having fun while you're doing it. I mean, I think I'm enjoyable. It's enjoyable always. I don't get this. You know, I've never had a runner's high. Like when mm. you're, that's why I'm not a runner for a million other reasons. But I've never really experienced that type two. Maybe I'm that's just why you're such a hard yoga teacher. I've had a lot of type two fun in your classes. <laughs> you did oh my God, Kat! Please, no more ass. Hilarious, hilarious. I don't know where it came from either. Like it's just been a thing. So, and then okay. type three fun. Was it fun when you were doing it? Not fun afterwards either. Oh, but I was oh, going to no. say like, what is the type three? I haven't even <laughs> embraced the type two. That is hilarious. Good to know. So, I like yeah, it. So just those those physical activity moments or work or, or reading or whatever it is that you yeah. enjoy that can really stimulate your mind and just take you to yeah. another place. Yeah. 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 And sometimes, like, I have some clients who are eights who have said that body tapping really helps. Mm -hmm. It helps them to be more emotionally regulated. Um, and so you can tap, like, from your shoulder all the way down to your wrist. Or you could have your hands on opposite shoulders and tap, you know, left, right, left, right. You could have your palms to your thighs. It's just like that alternate nostril breathing. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like you know, kind of resyncing the Western and Eastern hemispheres of the brain. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's called bilateral stimulation, but that is really good for regulating your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So for really any of us, it yeah. doesn't matter our types. If we want to get more regulated body tapping, you can look it up on YouTube. That's a great practice. It's um, kind of a spinoff of EMDR, if you've ever heard of that type of therapy. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I highly recommend it. So that, that helps me with emo emotional regulation. But I know some of my eights that I've had as clients have loved the body tapping. Nice. So type nine. 
Yes, so the, today the way we're going to work through the numbers is we're going to do it by, um, by, by centers. We are starting in the gut, uh, since we started with eight, um, and then we're going to go to the heart, and then we're going to go to the head. So the next one is nine, and as always, I'm the odd bird. I'm going to cover the odds, and then Christy's going to do the evens. <laughs> so with our nines, I think, you know, and I mean, essentially what we're talking about is where we and I love Christie's word propensity where's our propensity to go when things aren't going well and then how mm -hmm. can we find a pause and, and and shift out of it so for a nine I think when things aren't going well they would become slothier they would have even lower energy than usual maybe they would want to appease more people and please more people and expense of themselves. Um, I think maybe they'll get more procrastinating uh, than, than, than usual, uh, worried or anxious perhaps. Um, all in the meanwhile, I think what, what the key element for a nine to kind of tap out of it is embrace the anger. That's mm -hmm. what I think. Because the anger to me, and y'all know I'm a one, and anger is my go-to as well. But for a nine, an anger would be that propelling engine to move them out of that kind of, like a, I'm in a, in a dumpy state kind of thing. Like it'll just shift them out of it. So I always say, get mad. To name it, yeah. yeah. Get mad, yeah. get mad, and that gives you energetically. It's 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 more active, mm -hmm. and I think for for a nine, not only to acknowledge the anger, but to embrace it. Mm -hmm. That could propel them out of that that gutter space, that slothful space right. that you're talking about, right? right. Because when they're emotionally dysregulated, a lot of times nines are going to be passive aggressive yeah. so they're not naming their anger they're just yeah. doing something kind of where the anger's coming out sideways yeah. or like you're saying they just withdraw yeah. so they have that flight response right. like when we talk about flight freeze yeah. fawn you yeah. know those sort of responses they're most likely to you know be the one to flee yeah and so i think that you know we've got to invite them to like you said name their anger, be more in touch with it, because otherwise um, their dysregulation is very different than others yeah. because yeah. it is a withdrawing type yeah. on the Enneagram and it also is in the anger triad, but the anger comes out as passive aggressiveness. So I agree with what you said. And it's almost um, important to notice and to mention that, you know, I don't think there's any bad emotions. No, no, you no, know, no, no, And But we're raised in, you know, anger is bad. And I know I'm doing one speak right now. Right. Being angry is bad, being loud is bad or whatever. But I think for, you know, for a nine, embracing anger not as a bad emotion just as an emotion yeah that that is healthy for them to embrace yeah and it's so interesting because for the type a kind of the anger sometimes can be just spilling out yeah. and it could be too much yeah and here's this other type that's just not dancing with the anger yeah. at all so yeah, yeah. we're it, we're it's just about like 
Well, for the for the eight, it's going to be different. They're going to have to be more aware that they can intimidate others yeah. and like what happens with their anger mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. learning to manage it, to learn to manage their volcano. Yeah. But for the nine, it's like, well, well let's yeah. actually find that yeah. lava in the yeah. body yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. find ways to name it yeah. and be more aware of it. Yeah. 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 I love that feeling of taking that energy into that anger Mm -hmm. when I was having my type two fun on Saturday I was ready to be done Mm -hmm. and the guy in front of me is like do you want to get back and I mean you know before that I was like I'm tired I am ready to be back and I was like screw this I'm ready to be back and he's like do you want to get on my wheel I was like let's go I'm pissed Mm -hmm. and so I was able to turn myself from like this really hurts to Mm -hmm. I am now mad and I'm going to work hard so that I can get done with this. Mm -hmm. And so that really, when you said that harnessing that emotion and then allowing it to propel you, that would be really powerful. Yeah. And I think anger is that energetically helps you dip out of the depressive side. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what helps me. For our meditative time today, I'm going to read a short poem by Mary Oliver. I think Mary Oliver talks so much about the gift of nature and how that can recenter us. And today's episode is about regulating our nervous system. I think being in nature also does that for us. It's just a reset. And so listen to these words from Mary Oliver. This is from her poem, What Can I Say? What can I say that I have not said before? So I'll say it again. The leaf has a song in it. Stone is the face of patience. Inside the river there is an unfinishable story. And you are somewhere in it and it never ends until all ends. Take your busy heart to the art museum and the chamber of commerce, but take it also to the forest. The song you heard singing in the leaf when you were a child is singing still. I am of years lived so far 74, and the leaf is singing still. Namaste, friends.